0: You're listening to The Photobomb Podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo-Ray and Gary. Welcome to The Photobomb Podcast. My name is Boo-Ray Perry and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Hi there. I was thinking about you, uh, as I always do, oh, really? uh, Gary. Every, in the shower? Every day, pretty much constantly thinking about you. I was sitting in the car line uh, at school. This happened with my, uh, with my daughter and one of the things that you haven't yet experienced as a new father mm. is that you have to teach your kids everything okay and you don't realize how many things they really don't know or don't understand so um we're in the car line and <clears throat> my daughter gets in the car this is the 10 year old 11 now she might be 11 i'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> you should probably keep track i'm not sure she might be 11 uh and uh, in front of us uh there's a little boy who is uh, getting out of the car. And she's like, oh, that's uh, that's Timmy, and he's in my class. And we're like, great, yeah. And she goes, yeah, and uh, he has a sister, but, you know, um, uh, you know, they don't look anything alike. And I think that, you know, she might be adopted. And, and, and we're like, really? He's like, yeah, because they don't look alike, so she might be adopted. And Timmy's like blonde-haired, blue-eyed, getting out of the car. And we're like, really? Okay, she might be. And then the little girl gets out, and she's Chinese. <laughs> 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 or Asian, Asian. No, I'm, I'm she was specifically Chinese. I'm not oh, really? saying I think she was Chinese. Was she draped in a Chinese? Flag? No, I'm just saying that you can tell. Well, listen, that's you're yourself in trouble there because that's you know the Chinese Chinese people get mad because you can't can tell them apart from the Vietnamese from the Koreans. From no, the, you, you know. can't tell them apart. I, can't. I can. I can tell. That. I look at and say, that girl's Chinese. She is from the Shan Wan province. All right, as we play so, <laughs> as, as you
1: get playfully racist, can we move on with this story about how I'm this how racist. this
0: pertains to me? The fact that that she. Wasn't sure if they were not actually related. That's, that's I just, that's, I just spit spit my that's what's, <laughs> that's what's hilarious is that she looks at these two kids and she thinks that one of them may be adopted. And you're like, okay, so you mean you're talking about the blonde hair, blue eyed little boy there, and the clearly Asian little girl there, and you know, and mom and dad are both blonde hair, blue eyed. And so, yes, one of them may be adopted, but, <laughs> What's I, funny about it... I just it, spit coffee yes, all over you did, the desk. You really did. So what's <laughs> well, funny is that, you know, you, you take it for granted that, that anyone would be like, oh, yeah, well, they're, you know, and, and that's fine, well, and good. Great. You know, that's fantastic. But a kid, not not necessarily, that doesn't necessarily mean that. You know, because they don't know – they don't for that for all they know, you could come out looking anyway, and it has nothing to do – they don't understand genetics or – Yes, your daughter you needs like to parents.
1: go pay attention in science class.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <And so laughs> I just thought it was a, she's like, they may be adopted, and here comes the little Asian girl stepping out of the car.
1: Well, uh, that is very poignant to what we're talking about nothing today. Nothing poignant. I just thought it was a good story.
0: <laughs> Since when does anything, I say, have anything to do with anything pertinent I on the I keep
1: trying things? to put good educational content on this show. And you keep working and on that.
0: <laughs> How well out for
1: speaking you? of good educational content you see i can segue we have an awesome guest today that i'm really excited about um with us today we have jeffrey shaw a photographer business coach life coach guru and also um he has great legs jeffrey welcome to the show and we can't hear jeffrey <laughs> oh
2: we're back to the legs huh oh there's there. jeffrey there we go <laughs> and and we're back to the legs comment huh yeah 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 (laughs) (laughs) hey we can spend this episode talking about parenting i've raised a few so uh, there's a lot of stories to tell
1: yeah it's (laughs) one of the things that's a constant theme in our show is being a um being an entrepreneur being self-employed working from home or whatnot and having kids and fitting that into your life and that is um although your kids are older is that right
2: they are. They're older now, but uh, yeah, I was a single dad for a lot of years, so going to work was a break. So uh, the number one reason to be an entrepreneur is to get away from your kids.
1: So um, speaking of entrepreneur, you are a uh, you are a self-employed, self-made guy, and you are all over the place. Every time I open my email or Facebook, and there's you got something going on. Tell me uh, for our listeners, what exactly is it that you do? What are you into, and what do you have going on right now?
2: Well, the number one question always seems to be, am I still shooting? So yes, I am still a very active photographer, still shooting. So right now, my business is about 50-50, about 50% photography, 50% business coaching. Business coaching for me involves you know, my one-to-one coaching clients, I have a photography business mastermind, which is a six-month program, and I have an online coaching program called The Creative Warrior Unleashed. So uh, a variety of things going on, um, still shooting, I'm still in the trenches. Uh, definitely my coaching practice is expanding, And, uh, you know, we'll see what the next couple of years holds.
1: Are you coaching more than just photographers now? Because it seems like you're you have a podcast, which is which I listen to. I'm a big fan of called Creative Warriors. And you are talking mostly to, you know, largely to entrepreneurs, not just in the photography business, but anybody who is sort of um, a creative professional and somebody who's having who has their own business.
2: Yeah, exactly. The common denominator, and what I where I'm trying to serve uh, in the world as a coach is anyone who's in business marketing themselves or their talent, uh, and that's the thing that stood out to me. You know, I was thirty years as a photographer. I've been coaching now for about four or five years, and um, you know what I've come to own as far as how I can help is that I've I've had. Uh, I have this innate ability, I guess you could say. And again, it, it's still a little uncomfortable for me to, to, to say it that way because I, I feel like it's a little boastful. But the fact of the matter is at some point, you have to own what you're good at. And what I realize I'm good at is that I can build businesses in industries that are normally really high on the scale of failure rate, <laughs> you know, like photography and coaching yes. I mean, within, within three years, I had a coaching practice that I suddenly realized I was meeting coaches who have been trying for 20 years to get their business even close to what I built in three years. And I realized that I, I just, I get it. Like I know how to align my business with that type of, uh, you know, and I get what the differences are between that type of business and traditional business. So that's the, that's what I'm good at. So I decided, well, I should help other people with that. Like what comes easy to me or what comes easy to you is how you should help other people. people we shouldn't complicate it
1: I'm interested in that like how do you transition because it's sort of like you have you become an evangelist for the creative entrepreneur and it goes from like (laughs) you know it goes from I have a photography business and then at what point do you go I can help other people do this and kind of transition and getting from one hat to the other without does one business suffer because of the other and and why did you decide to turn your your passion outward and help other photographers
2: well uh, you know Let's hope that one business doesn't suffer from from the other. I mean I definitely have pulled back my photography business I mean it, it but I do it in a way I have a lot of control i've always controlled my volume uh, my business has always been kind of tightly wrapped i've always done exactly the number of sessions that I've chosen to do, whether it was in the peak years of my business or now I've always just felt like well, this is my engine my this is my my truck to drive, so i'm going to make it work the way I want it to work so I've pulled it back to a very comfortable point for me i I used to do. Uh, and I'm a, you know, you know enough about my work. I'm a high end photographer I and mean, i used to do 175 to 200 sessions a year. Now I've pulled it back to a hundred or less, um, by my own choice. And that, that's allowed me to, to expand my coaching practice because that's where I see my future going. As far as where the switch came, I tell you, when I went into coaching training, I just thought it would be a cute little thing to do on the side because I had had a coach for a lot of years. He retired and I was like, Yeah, hey, this'll be fun. You know, this'll something I can do. It, uh, I had, you know, I felt like I had the time. I've always, I've always enjoyed learning new things. I had no intention of it dominating my life, but I tell you that whole idea of, uh, you know, having a purpose in life, I thought being a photographer was my purpose until I became a coach and I realized, okay, this photography thing, this 30 year career has really been the learning lab for me to figure out what the hell it means to be in business when you're marketing yourself and your talent. And that's, you know, so for, to me becoming a coach, like this light bulb went off. I'm like, I can do this. And this is really, this is my purpose. Everything else has been an experiment and training up to this point.
1: Now, I think that, um, one of the ways you can't really know you for very long. I've known you for a few years now without knowing that you're not in your business alone. So like Bure and I, it's like you have a partner in there with you. Who's, uh, handling a lot of stuff behind the scenes the uh, the 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 wind beneath your wings <laughs> yep. so to speak and uh and so a lot of us have met warren and so what is it in 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 your business that you just sort of delegate so that you know that you can focus on what you do
2: yeah, so I try to delegate as much as I can, or if not everything. And I do try to remind Warren that he's only been in the business for five years. It was successful for 25 years before him. So I try to, you know, I try to keep it in check. Step because, off, dude. Yeah, exactly. Just step off, Warren. Yeah, somehow I managed to survive for 25 years before you. Uh, nonetheless, he's a really valuable, valuable part of the business. And the coaching practice was next to nothing when he joined. So he's definitely been a big part of either expanding that or allowing me uh, the room and my life to to expand it on my own. So he he definitely he plays a dual role, um, probably even more than I do. Uh, my schedule is so regimented. It's like you know, I I wear several hats in the course of a day. Between in any given day, I'm a photographer, a business coach, a podcast host, and an author. Like in any given day, my hours are shifting for me to play any one of those roles. He I, I tell you, he gets jerked around in so many different directions. So he supports the photography business by he's the primary driver of uh, getting new business so he he drives the whole auction system that we have which is really in depth and huge so he drives that whole force he now has taken over a lot of the scheduling with, with my clients which no one in 30 years has i've i've never allowed anyone in 30 years to do because all the communications with my clients has been with me i just can't keep up with it so he's actually doing a lot of the scheduling a lot of the uh, jeff i
1: want to back up real quick because you just hit on sure. something that would be really useful to our listeners you use um auctions as a way to bring in new business, yeah um, and could you briefly or a long just describe how that works because I think that that is something that if we gloss over it, our listeners could be really missing out on, on a valuable uh, marketing tool
2: absolutely it's it is really it's the primary driver of our new business you know I'll give you a real quick breakdown of my business to put it in context 50%, fifty to sixty percent of my businesses repeat I have an incredibly loyal clientele, but there's another forty to fifty percent that that are new clients. Of that forty to fifty percent, eighty percent of that comes from auctions. All right, so it's it's nothing to mess with. It's a big chunk of change.
1: What kind of Um, auctions?
2: They're silent auctions, and I only give to silent auctions. I don't even bother with the live auctions because uh, I just don't. I actually think you get more attention in in the silent auctions than you do a live auction. Uh, So we focus on uh, first of all, rule number one, and and anyone that's you know taken any of my trainings on auctions, because I've actually given some workshops on this. But they'll always hear me say it over and over again, but I don't think it could be said enough. The most important thing is choosing the right organization to donate to in the first place. So that may mean saying no to your best friend's child's nursery school. And you have to get, you know, and again, you can choose to be in your life and your business any way that you want. For me, Auctions are a marketing tool. It's not how I show up in the world as a generous, giving person. It's marketing for me. So I'm glad it's a win-win that I donate to an organization that I, – and I won't give to any organizations whose values I don't agree with. Um, but it's, it's marketing, right? If I want to be charitable, I do that with the profits of my business in a different way.
0: I had that so, same thing happen with someone who contacted me, and she wanted me to donate to uh, an auction for her kid's school. And it was about – it was in another county – and um, I, I had to decline, and I said, uh, because I know the organization, I know what's going to happen, and what's going to happen is I'm not going to get any sales off of it. I'm going to end up having to spend six to eight hours with this client that's going to pay you 100 bucks for this thing at auction. And, you know, I'd rather just give you the $100 myself and spare myself the eight hours of work I'm going to have to do for the person who buys my $100 thing at your auction. And uh, she wasn't happy about it.
1: I think – do you find that photographers are – we're often a – people – the type of business that a lot of people just ask us to do stuff for free. Mm -hmm. And I had a (laughs) – I had a guy email me a couple weeks ago who – he emailed me and he asked me about doing a uh, headshot session with him for promotion. The guy's making an independent film. Yeah. And uh, he said, how about we trade out, you do my pictures – And I'll let you be the uh, the official set photographer for my. He's going to let you. He's going to let you be the
0: official (laughs) photographer. How
1: generous! And it
2: it never works. No, no. No. Photo credit, all that stuff. It never adds up to anything. So you know, you just have to. Everybody has to make a choice. If you you know, and it's okay to start out in photography uh, and consider yourself a hobbyist, maybe transitioning to amateur. But when you decide you're a professional, you've got to draw the line. You you know, once you use the term professional, you are by nature doing it for money. And, and that's 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 it. You know, you don't shoot to build your portfolio anymore. You don't shoot for photo credit because it's not going to lead anywhere. When you make the decision to be professional, and not only, you know, do you charge yourself, I also believe you have to uphold the standards of an industry. And as an industry, we have a responsibility to charge fair and equitable prices so that we're not screwing the next guy. And there are plenty of people that are, but that's just, you know – like I said, I just, I am a firm believer in upholding the standards of an industry because then everybody benefits and everybody rises. And- oh,
0: Jeff, fifty dollars in a disc is plenty of money. <laughs> Come on, go on
2: your way. Fifty dollars
0: in a disc is plenty of money. I can go down to the Publix and buy myself some chicken wings with that fifty dollars. Haven't that's, you? Uh, that's good money for me. Haven't and my you ever family. heard the
1: expression "Give smart" when it comes to your business? Like, if you're going to give something away, give smart. Right. So, like what Jeff's saying, basically, you know, you're not giving to something that's not going to give back to you. I, I use my personal life as charity, and we do stuff with a couple of different charities. Your personal life is a charity. My personal <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: – To Bure's point, I also want to add to like to, to me, I, I totally agree with that. You don't want to put all that effort in for free, but I'll tell you what. it's There's nothing more uncomfortable than having somebody in front of you who can't afford your prices. Right. So no one wins when you give away something too cheap at an auction, and someone comes to you. They can't afford anything else that they really want. Like, that's a hor- – nobody's comfortable. Super awkward. Right, yeah, right. super, super, point. super awkward. Or, yeah, that to me, it's number one thing to avoid. Like, I only want people in front of me who are comfortable choosing whether they choose to to expand on that. But you don't? Do you want me to give you a super simple formula on this? Like, I actually have this down to math.
1: Okay, okay? go for it.
2: So, because I think everybody will really benefit from this, I, we call it the the rule of thirds. You know how it relates in photography. It Ooh, also relates.
1: Good, to good tie in. Good tie in.
2: Yeah, it relates to, to uh, auctions perfectly. So, whatever you whatever your average sale is or you desire it to be, that's that's the top number. What you give in value for the auction should be one third of that.
1: So twenty five bucks.
2: All right. <laughs> All right. Let's see some yeah, he, he, he raised your prices. I did. If you, want, if you want your average sale to be fifteen hundred bucks? You want to give a gift voucher for five hundred. Okay, and then you the the organization that you're giving to it should cost a couple one third of that to attend that event. So it should cost a couple one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars to go to that event.
1: That is a really, you know, I've actually heard that that, that before because if somebody's going to spend $500, let's say, let's relate that to a session fee, you know, a buy-in, like a minimum buy. So you have a portrait session and you want to have a $1,500 average. If they're buying in at 500 you know yeah. that they're not going to be sticker-shocked at $15. Yeah. Right. you
2: heard it from anybody, Gary, it was from me, because I made this up. Oh, <laughs> did you? <laughs> no, I, be-
1: I believe that you think you did. <laughs> <laughs> Warren, made up. Because Warren
2: handles this so He uh, handles he, you know, this, he worked on this formula, but you're, you know, that's reverse engineering. Now, if you reverse the process, you're absolutely right. If someone is willing to spend $150 to $200 on a Saturday night to go to a party as a fundraiser, spending $500 for a gift of voucher for a portrait session is not a stretch and if they're willing to spend 500 dollars for that stretching to another 1500 or another thousand is not a stretch that's great yeah let me let me ask
1: you this though um i just want to break this down just so i completely understand how the auctions work you're finding auctions that you a agree with their basic sort of precepts to that are um going to be the right clientele and you're donating um as part of a silent auction Let's say a if it was like a framed portrait in session or something like that at a certain value and then they buy it and then you come in, they do the session and then you attempt to sell them even more than what they actually bought. And that's sort of and you get a, and that's where 80 percent of the 40 percent of your business comes from. Is that about the gist?
2: It is, except for one uh, important distinction is that I we put a particular size on display, and I for the most often put a 16 by 20 frame portrait on display, but the gift voucher we're giving is is not equal to that. It's actually less. We, give a, we happen to give a, uh, a $500 gift voucher. Well, actually, that's not true. <laughs> we, give, we give a $1,250 gift voucher. Um, five, 750 of it is a session, so 500 is left over to go towards the portraits they choose.
1: So you are getting so, some serious money clients, but again, if you if they're paying a couple hundred bucks to go out to a auction slash party on a Friday night, then they can definitely afford it.
2: Right, and so the, the distinction I want to make is that we're giving the gift voucher. We don't designate the size they have to choose. Oh, so it's important because first of all, it gives you flexibility to put different sizes on display. So you're not locked into. If you don't have a sixteen by twenty handy, and you have a twenty by twenty-four, you can put that on display. But it's also forward thinking. What it, the message that you're really sending someone that this is a a twelve hundred and fifty or one thousand or five hundred, wherever you're giving, it's giving a, a gift voucher. It, towards something else, Again, like it, it's much more forward thinking. And when we cha- when we made that shift many, many years ago, we found that what people spent beyond the auction value increased. Hmm. hmm. They weren't boxing it in; it wasn't designating to them. This is exactly what you have to have. And plus, they might not be wall portrait people. They might be just as happy with twenty-eight by tens.
1: You know, I have had clients like that before. You know, if you if you've ever been in a client's home and they have nothing on their walls, yeah. You know, and you, it, that's I've how done. you know is like I, they're definitely not going to buy a large wall portrait. You know, yeah.
2: Although, I mean, my uh, until about three years ago, my my largest sale in history was from nothing larger than eight by tens. They just bought dozens of them. I work, you know, I work in a, a large geographical area, and I have a good client base in New York City. New York City clients, for the most part, don't put portraits on the wall. It's just not the the decor of the Park Avenue apartment. They have you know fine art on the walls, and they tend not to put photographs. But they'll buy, you know, buy a stockpile of eight by tens for around the apartment, the offices, the gifts. And uh, like I said, prior to a few years ago, my largest sale in history was nothing larger than 8x10. So I, I don't discount that, and that's why I don't like to um, box it in with it having to be a wall portrait.
1: Well, let me get one more clarification on the auction thing because I think we kind of covered that a bit. But um, because I know that we're going to get an email on this. How do you find these silent auctions? Like where do you locate them and how do you decide? Not We know how you decide which ones to do, but how do you find them in the first place? Like, yeah.
2: Great question. I think that's really important. Like I said, the whole thing is so – and here's – I just want to clarify also why it's important to choose the right organization in the first place. You choose the right organization to donate to that your perfect client is in attendance of. Someone there is going to win your package. Now, You now have brought into your world – your perfect avatar of a client who's only going to introduce you to more perfect clients just like them and probably other organizations that are parties that they attend, which means you're going to contribute to other auctions with other perfect clients. Like that's how you wrap your business up tight into keeping it in the world of only working with the people you want to. So how we find them is we do a lot of research on the internet. The trick is you always want to look at last year. So right now we are lining and we we take the proactive approach. There are some organizations we give to every year, but very few. We we also like to make sure we're mixing it up. And I've had a lot of photographers tell me that they used to be really successful at auctions and it no longer works. Well, it doesn't work because you've been giving to the same organizations for 10 years. Change it up. So um, we're constantly seeking other organizations. We are also seeking new places to work. If I want to do work in uh, your neighborhood, Gary, because I want to take over your business. You
1: better not, dude.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I will do the research in that. Cause that's how this is how I've opened up geographical areas. Why, well, you know, if I I'll, hey, I want to do work in any state, any place. This is how I open it up. I open it up by contributing to auctions in that area. So we go online and we look at the p- big events from last year, because the upcoming events for 2015 they haven't hit the internet yet. Right? They, they haven't, like, the big, the big fancy party pictures on the social scene aren't there yet. Hmm. Most events are annual. So, as we're right now, Warren is actively lining up the auctions we take the first few months of the year. And Warren actively, you know, he contacts organizations and says, hey, we want to contribute to your auction. And um, so he's lining this up. So, we go, he'll go to all the online social magazines from 2014 and look at what were some of the biggest events last year. And we'll find out if it's annual, they usually are, and then we'll contact them. We also ask our clients in a variety of ways what parties they go to. Because if I'm working with a client I love, I want to find out where else they're spending their time. And I I verbally ask, and here's another really cool tip I'll offer that we do. When When we deliver our portraits, there's a card that comes with all our portraits that tells them how to take care of their portrait. And it ends by saying, one of the things we love to do is contribute to uh, organizations that are meaningful to you. So if you're involved in any silent auctions uh, or charitable events, please contact us. We'd love to support you and your family by donating.
1: I want to go back to the uh, social magazines thing. <laughs>
2: I think that maybe in New York that's actually
1: something that happens. It, I just had this flash of like Ocala, Florida, like the know. social magazines. It's just like exactly. a picture of the VFW and a bunch of dudes and wife beaters drinking yeah. Budweiser. But
2: <laughs> no, you're looking at that through 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 very Gary Hughes lenses. I assure you there <laughs> there is hardly – I mean it's just the reality of it. I mean, again, you also want to do what's best for your business. I have, My business happens to be high-end. If yours isn't, that's fine. You just want to choose the right organization organizations. But there's no doubt. I mean, you don't think that there's a social scene in a wealthy part of Orlando? No, Come
1: absolutely. There I've totally never, is. I've Tampa? never met
0: I've never met anyone who does high-end portrait sales who isn't deep into the auction community.
1: Yeah, no, that's a really good yeah. point. Yeah.
0: It's like yeah, I mean, everyone you meet who does it, they're always like, "Oh yeah, auctions, auctions, auctions." Yeah. And
2: yeah. the places to look are hospitals, children's schools, private school. I mean, we donate to every private school in the tri-state New York area. I mean, we donate wow. to we don- which, by the way, I didn't qualify. We donate to about 55 organizations a year. Wow. Yeah. So, and we, you know, the private schools are a must. I mean, people are spending fortunes to attend to send their kids to school. So, you know, the cash is there. Um, hospitals. um you know, plus there's all the organizations I love. I support organizations anything to do with the environment, children, and breast cancer. Those are my primary organizations that I'm seeking because they're aligned with my who my values are as a person. Um, you know, there are other organizations we don't often come across them. There are certain you know organizations that might come along our way that uh, I wouldn't contribute to if it's against my values.
1: Yeah, I think um, we uh, we've made we've made it uh, pretty clear that's an awesome way to get into that high end business. A lot, of, uh, a lot of our photographers are in different areas. For example, like uh, we have some friends that do um, middle of the road. Like, so I think it's sort of like, as you said, you got to define your business and your clientele. And I remember you said once when I saw you speak, you said that you actually carry a list with you of like what your perfect client is mm-hmm. and that you know specifically. So just to, give me a couple of the things off the list because I thought this was amazing. You actually sit down and write who's your perfect client and what are the couple of things on the
2: list? Yeah, and and I still do. I mean, it... um... It resides on Evernote on my phone, and and I have it, uh, you know, in my backpack that's usually with me. So and nowadays I tend to refer to it as an avatar, and that's one thing that's kind of changed. Like we used to also talk tattooed about- on his calf. He keeps it tattooed
1: <laughs> on his calf. Dude, lower back. It's a lower back. <laughs> I can't read up my lower back. It is if you do it backwards. Look, <laughs> <laughs> you can use a mirror to read it.
2: I'm sorry. We're, Go ahead, John. Or a really good friend. Um, <laughs> a really good friend. <laughs> so. Uh, so nowadays like does most often referred to as an avatar and i think the distinction there is that you actually i think it's best if you pick one person like just think in the terms of like who's that one perfect client that you want the whole tribe of clients that you serve to represent like what if you could pick one perfect client it doesn't even if they don't exist in your business now make them up like what is that perfect avatar of a client that you would like to have a hundred more that looks just looks and acts just like them right behind it so um yeah, my my perfect client list says things like you know, they show up on time, they trust my expertise because I, that's important to me. Like I want them to lean into me so I can guide them and choose their sale.
1: That's huge. They
2: spend a lot of money. Uh, they pay, they pay <laughs> God people. willing, I even have on there they're good looking. I mean, if I'm going to develop the perfect avatar, I'm also you know go for it. right? Oh, it
0: helps. It definitely helps yeah. with your marketing if you've got good looking clients for your samples. Yeah.
2: I mean, you know, I, I literally broke it down. It's it's probably a list of about thirty or so items. Um, I also want to work with people that like to do good things in the world. Uh, I like it says things like people that are I, that I'm comfortable being around, right? Um, yeah, it's, that, that's it,
1: really important to start attracting. I find that um, one of the one of the problems a lot of photographers have in their business is a- attracting the wrong clients. And I find that if you have your, your branding and your marketing set, by the time they actually get in a room with you there you're there already somebody who's so similar to you in like values and direction that you don't have the if you're a wedding photographer you're not going to have the bridezillas, and if you're a portrait photographer you're not going to have the difficult people because you're attracting similar people by having that razor of a focus and knowing that that's the type of client that you want
2: you got it i mean you have to and, and to get there you have to you know to me being successful in business when you're in business marketing yourself and your talent this is one of my core beliefs and why i serve that that type of entrepreneur is um uh, in order for you to to align with that client, you have to do some inner work. It's a combination of inner work and outer application. Um, you know, you have to you have to do the inner work to understand what is it that you stand for, who is it that you want to work with. You have to you have to spend time in this, and that's that's where the coaching support comes in, so that you can really define. And after I've gone through that process with a coaching client, it always results in them realizing they have to completely rebrand their their business, we redo their website because they realize that who they are, what they want, the client they want to attract, is that what they're how they're currently putting themselves out in the world is not going to attract that person.
1: I um I wanted to as we get close to um being towards the end of our time I wanted to dish a little bit with you because you work with a lot of photographers, mm-hmm. and I wanted to know what uh, what are the mistakes the common mistakes you see photographers making in their businesses because there's got to be there's just you know any if you do anything enough you start to see the same thing pop up a lot what's the biggest mistake you see happening?
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely misalignment of branding. Um, so, for example, even as a, as a photographer, you need to choose in what person you're putting yourself out in the world. Are you uh, Are you identifying yourself as the first person? Like my business, and in fact, if you want to get really kind of cute about it, if you look at my logo as a photographer, it's Jeffrey Shaw, and there's a diamond-shaped period at the end of it. That was very intentional. There's a whole long story about that. I'm not going to tell you know bore you, you with, but um, that's my statement. My state. It's Jeffrey Shaw. Period. Like I knew from beginning at 20 years old that I was never going to hire photographers. It was never an interest of mine. So otherwise I could have been Jeffrey Shaw photographers or Jeffrey Shaw and company. So decide how you want to put yourself out in the world. Do you want to make your little business look bigger or do you want to make your big business look smaller? Right. Hmm. What person do you want to speak in and stay consistent with that and then line up your branding. And here's, here's why it's one of the biggest mistakes I've worked with photographers that when I get to know them, they They're actually incredibly personable and uh, they they're very high touch with their clients and somewhat you know if not high end they're they're kind of middle middle to slightly upper range and yet their branding is so cheesy that they look like they could have been a mall photographer. <laughs> hey, buddy!
1: My wife was a mall photographer.
2: The, what picture people?
1: Yes, actually, Julie worked for Picture People in, <laughs> oh my in college. God, she no. did. Yes,
0: she did. No,
2: three stories. She's gonna oh. hate this. Oh,
1: oh man, Jeff, you're gonna get an angry phone but call. That is,
2: I didn't say it. you just. You just blew her cover. <laughs> picture people. Hey, you
1: got to start somewhere, man. Yeah. Remember, Kevin yeah. Newsom was telling us he started at J.C. Penny, Kmart, Kmart, yeah, yeah it was Kmart. even
2: worse than J.C. Penny. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that is probably the number one common mistake. Like who they are as a photographer and what their branding looks like is so mismatched. They can't understand why they're calling their why they don't understand why people are calling them for digital files and cheap stuff. It's like, well, you're putting yourself out there in a really cheap way. That is probably the number one mistake is a complete misrepresentation of who you want to be as a photographer and how you're putting it out there. And it's nowadays, most often that's communicated through the website. And, uh, you know, does your website represent the type of client that you want to work with?
0: Yeah, I get that a lot from people who are complaining constantly about, oh, look at these people who are offering, you know, these cheap prices and these cheap da-da-da-da-da. And I say, listen, those aren't your clients. That's not your business. Why do you care?
1: Yeah. You know, they're
0: not taking anything away from you. Those aren't your clients. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like, what, do you want to be doing weddings for $1,500?
1: Do you want to be
0: competing against that person? No. So you should just be like, that's not even, that's not my concern. Like I always say, the guy who runs Nordstrom is not really concerned about what they're doing at Kmart.
2: And you know, here's the thing, and that's exactly it. I mean, I think one of the things that fundamentally changed that has a lot of people freaked out is that we we used to be really lucky because people didn't feel like they had a lot of choice. You know, we kind of held people prisoner. The fact of the matter is people have more – consumers have a lot more choice nowadays. I'll give you a kind of an example of my business. My clientele being high-end, it used to be I knew exactly where to put a portrait on display. You know, like an expensive child boutique, that's where my clients are going to go. But you know what? The wealthiest person nowadays also shops in Costco. Right. They have we have a lot that used to be a, a barrier that they wouldn't cross. Right, doesn't it, they do nowadays? So they go to Costco to buy their boatload of paper goods, and they go to Whole Foods to buy their high quality meat and organic uh, vegetables because that's how they want to nurture their family.
0: Costco is the largest seller of wine in the country. Was that if right? you watch if you watch Shark Tank, the guy yeah, on there, true. Kevin, Mr. Wonderful, whenever someone comes on with a wine product, he always says, "Are you in Costco?" Because if you're not in Costco, you can't be in the wine business. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. I mean people have a whole lot more choice than they used to. So they have choices of photographers too. That doesn't mean that you're not relevant. It doesn't mean there's some place for you. They're, they may be picking and choosing. They, may, they, they actually – this is what I think the irony is is that I think consumers being more sophisticated are often saying I'm going to hire this cheap person because this isn't that important to me. And they're, I'm going to go to Gary Hughes when I want something that's really important to me.
1: Yeah, I think I've actually gotten that from other photographers before where I've heard be that. Be fl- yeah. a choice.
2: You know, we should be flattered that the clients are even making the choice. I think it's OK. We don't want to be all things to all people by any stretch.
1: Uh, you know what? Um, I want to just do one last thing before we wrap up. And I'm, you are the guy to me that you are always on top of um, new technologies and stuff that's going to make your life easier. You're like Mr. Systems so um and you've always got an app or you've always got a program or something that's that's helping make your life easier and the biggest mistake that i see a lot of photographers making is not managing their time and you are the king of that and so what what are you using right now is there some kind of new app technology or because i know you mentioned evernote before but what are you using right now that's just making your life way way easier
2: oh man um and you're right. I'm all. I've been asked this before, and I always get a little stumped because it's so. It, I'm in technology all day. I just have so much fun with it. Like Periscope is my new. I think it's going to be my new obsession. Um, are you familiar with Periscope? No, not at mm-hmm. all. No. Uh, man, this is going to This is going to be insane. This is the new big thing to hop onto. Like you know, I think it could take over Facebook. So Periscope is uh, live streaming from your your mobile device, uh, and it's a Twitter. It's a Twitter. Twitter started it, and you can. Um, so you're going to see people live streaming, live speaking events. Uh, somebody on my team wants me to start live streaming like a, um, a video, a, an inspirational message in the morning and putting out on, on, on Twitter. So it's kind of like a Google Hangout in a way, but it's it's embedded within Twitter. Um, it's it's very cool. So people are going to be doing some really cool things with Periscope. So uh, I'm I've just recently downloaded that, started to play with it, started to come up with some ideas. One of the things actually we're looking into doing when I when I first found out about Periscope, the first thing that interested me um, is uh, rec- live streaming my podcast interviews. Mm-hmm. So while I'm lot while because all my like you, my podcast interviews are recorded. So while I'm doing the recording with the guest people could be watching me interview the guest and tweeting me questions that i could be live asking the guest
1: even though it's
0: pre-recorded
2: exactly so later on how cool yeah there's several big podcasts that do that that that, that, yeah take questions live you got it. it's kind of the behind the scenes thing which people really like so ultimately they're going to get the high quality edited version of the podcast for their learning benefit but it's kind of cool if you want to hop on if you happen to be free and you want to hop on i mean i'll put it out there and i'll say okay i'm interviewing uh you know so and so at 10 a.m on wednesday and if you're available you hop on you can watch me actually interviewing them listen to the conversation tweeting questions i will live use your questions and then, of course, that thing gets edited down and released uh, later on as a high-quality uh, podcast. So that's one thing that appeals to me. The other thing I use a lot, which I think people might find benefit from, and most people don't know about it, is a thing called Squirrely. Have you ever heard of Squirrely? I have.
1: Squirrely is that uh, it's a WordPress plugin, right?
2: You got it. Yeah, I love Squirrelly. It is I mean,
1: the it is the bomb. It is absolutely it? <laughs> the bomb.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like having you know, it's like having an editor sitting next to you. Um, so yeah, for those of you that don't know, Squirrely is a WordPress. WordPress plugin, so as you're writing stuff, and I use it for writing my show notes for my, my podcast primarily, um, it it tracks your, how, you know, whether you're using the keywords and, and it edits for you and tell, it makes suggestions to you and how you can improve your SEO, improve the content in a way that you can improve your SEO. And as
1: you're is- doing it, every time you do something, it ticks a like a little green light that goes, bing, you just did that, you just did that. It basically yeah. helps you optimize your, your uh, blog posts in WordPress for to be the best possible for seo it's like seo for dummies built in to it it's it's amazing yeah, It's really yeah. cool
2: and, and it ignites the competitive nature that most of us have as entrepreneurs right like uh, yellow is just not good enough like i have i keep going until <laughs> i get it up to good or excellent like i just i just keep go- it brings out a lot of competition to me <laughs> it does but make I,
1: your blog post like more economical in that way because you just can't wax poetic i mean there's a ratio of keywords using it in your Posts and making sure images are titled that way. It's a, it's a. I've, I've mentioned it before in teaching, and I still think that it's one of the best things out there.
2: Yeah, I would agree. It's one of my favorites as well.
1: So, Jeff, what do you have going on right now that you want uh, our listeners to know about? You've obviously got the Creative Warriors podcast and your mastermind coaching, and what else you got going on that people and where can they find you?
2: Well, you know, always right now the good, the best resource is my blog, which is blog. uh Com. It's the thing that I'm able to keep most current. I have a ton of free e-guides there one e-guide or ebook that's not there that um i'm happy to make available to everybody is uh it's because it's very new it's uh the essential business model for photographers i i'm really proud of this I, I put together what i think are the eight essential elements that a photographer needs to have an awesome business i've given this uh i've given a presentation once live that's why i was in florida recently uh, i was down in palm beach and i gave one webinar on it but uh it's pretty new so i can make that available for everybody uh i think it's it's free, and it's, it's awesome content. So I have that going on. My online coaching program called the Creative Warrior Unleashed, it's been a live program uh, that I've been giving for a few months, and we are in the process. And in the next uh, two months or so, we will be uh, relaunching that as a self-accountability program, something that people can buy at any time. And uh, there's so much automation built into it that they're able to do the program at their own pace with all our accountability and live coaching built in. So I'm really excited about that because it's a very different way for me to be able to coach on a broader basis um, and at a price point that's so – it gives a lot more accessibility to what I do um, and how I can support people. So those are the two biggest things going on along with you know the everything else I do.
1: Kayler, well, we'll get a link to that uh, e-guide posted up on the uh, uh, Photobomb website, photobombpodcast.com. And I think that that just wraps up our time for today. And, Jeff, man, I want to tell you how much I appreciate it. I know you are a busy guy, and you, uh, you schedule everything pretty tight, and you made time for us last minute. So thanks for being here, man, and uh, make sure to listen to uh – Jeff's uh, podcast, the Creative Warrior podcast. Uh, The guests that you get, I don't know how you get them. He gets the best, like authors and entrepreneurs, on there. You you should really. uh, It's way better than ours.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's not not saying much. It's like anything else in business. You have to ask. Absolutely, just ask.
1: Well, I'm going to ask Boo Ray
0: to go ahead and take us out then. All right, be sure and check us out on uh, Facebook. Be sure and check us out on our uh, website, which is photobombpodcast.com. You can find us anywhere where podcasts are available, and you can send questions or comments to us at questions at photobombpodcast.com. And that's it for this week. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. (laughs)